Greetings, greetings. Today's read is going to be about an incident that occurred in Spain. An incident where a young man's identity was dragged across a football field. Football as in soccer. And it's important that these types of things are brought into the light so they can be seen and handled in a better way. And um, the man is young. He's 22 years old. But it doesn't just affect him. It affects everybody who witnessed it. It's that vicarious violence we keep on having to live through. Hopefully, this one will bring about some kind of change. Um, The article I'm going to read can be found on The Guardian's website online, www.theguardian.com. It's a story written by Sam Jones in Madrid. It was published yesterday, May 24th, 2023. And the headline is, It's Not Just in Football, Young Players' Families on Racism in Spain. Let's get into it. A little after 5 p.m. on Tuesday, a young boy in Real Madrid strip trotted onto a damp neighborhood football pitch in the center of the Spanish capital. Oblivious to both the racism flung at the man whose name he wore on his back and to the national and international debate it had generated. We haven't told him about the Venetius thing yet, said Mohammed's mother, Milene dos Santos, as she and her husband looked on from the sidelines. If he asks, then we'll tell him. He's only seven, but he'll need to be prepared for what's to come. It appears the events of the past few days have been too much for many, far older Spaniards to take in too. The abuse hurled at Real Madrid's Brazilian winger, Vinicius Jr., during a match against Valencia on Sunday has already resulted in three swift arrests. Four other people, meanwhile, have been arrested in connection with the dummy dressed in the player's shirt that was hung from a Madrid bridge in the Spanish capital. The 22-year-old footballer, who was reduced to tears by the latest racist aggressions, said his treatment was proof of just how thoroughly racism permeates both La Liga and Spanish society. I'm sorry for those Spaniards who disagree, but today in Brazil, Spain is known as a country of racists, he said after the match. His words were echoed by Brazil's president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who called on FIFA and La Liga to take serious measures, adding, we cannot allow fascism and racism to seize control of football stadiums. Those charges have forced Spain's political leaders to position themselves on the issue of racism as the country goes to the polls for regional and municipal elections on Sunday. The socialist prime minister, Pedro Sanchez said that hatred and xenophobia should have no place in football nor in our society. 
a government spokesperson went further, insisting perpetrators of racism behavior are prosecuted and punished in Spain. Alberto Núñez Feijo, the leader of the Conservative People's Party, said racism and sport were totally incompatible, but added Spain is not a racist country in any way. The campaign trail, platitudes, and denials felt rather remote to some of those gathered around the pitch where Muhammad and his teammates were training in Lavapies, the diverse Madrid neighborhood where African and Bangladeshi shops and restaurants rub up against hipster coffee shops. Their neighborhood club, Dragones de Lavapies, fields 20 teams made up of around 400 players from more than 50 different countries. Dos Santos, who was born in Portugal to parents from Cape Verde but has lived in Spain for 30 of her 32 years, said she had grown up with all manner of microaggressions, from people touching her hair to repeated questions as to why she spoke such good Spanish. It's a burden I've carried since I was a kid, she said. I grew up here, but I've never felt like I was from here. She and her husband, Ibrahim Ndao, who was born in Senegal, felt bad about the abuse Venetius had suffered, but were not surprised by it. There is systemic racism in Spain, and I hope what's happened opens people's eyes to it, she said. Maybe people with privilege will take notice. Maybe it's easier not to acknowledge the reality, or maybe lots of people just aren't conscious of it. There are very few politicians of color. You look at all the TV election debates and there's no one of color. Spain, she added, still has a long way to go. Mama Gueye, who had brought her eight-year-old son, Serene, to Dragones training said she had felt awful when she saw what Vinicius had been forced to endure. He was so depressed and powerless about what was happening, she said. I think he was scared and nervous and has suffered a lot and no one has done anything. He's complained and nothing's been done. However, Gaye, who moved to Spain from Senegal 15 years ago, disagreed with some of the players' comments. Racism exists here, but I don't agree Spain is a racist country, she said. The Dragones de Lavapies, which was founded nine years ago, exists to defend and promote diversity and to fight racism and stereotypes. The club's president, Dolores Galindo, said that while its players and their families experienced racism on a daily basis, that racism still goes unseen by much of Spanish society. If you're a white person and you've never experienced it personally, you don't believe in racism, said Galindo, who is white. Until you spent a lot of time with kids of color, especially African kids, you don't realize just how often things happen to them, one after another. And it's not just someone saying something on the pitch. She pointed to a recent trip when some of the younger dragons were taken to a museum. Although all the children stood on the museum's lawn, the only one called out twice by a security guard was a boy of African heritage. People are talking now about whether or not Spain is racist, said Galindo. I'm Spanish. 
and I love my country, and I don't want that to exist here. But you can't try to isolate it and say, no, this only exists in football. According to a survey published last year, 25% of Spaniards, Spaniards aged 15 to 29, the majority of them male, hold clearly racist or xenophobic views with most of their racial hatred directed at gypsies and people from sub-Saharan Africa and Morocco. Figures from Spain's Interior Ministry show that Spanish police investigated 639 racist or xenophobic incidents in 2021, a 24% rise in 2019. Neither these statistics nor the probably fleeting media and political debate over racism come as any surprise to Okba Mohammed, a 24-year-old Syrian journalist who has lived in Spain since fleeing his hometown of Dara during the Bashar al-Assad regime's Russian-backed offensive there five years ago. Spain is obviously a racist country, he said. There's institutional racism, but there's also racism because of the lack of anti-racist education. There are a lot of people who are racist without knowing it, or people who are racist because they want to be racist. For all the outcry over Venetia's, he added, the abuse could have been directed at any black or non-white player. My problem is with the reaction because there are a lot of people who are suffering racism every day and who haven't been afforded this kind of institutional, social, or media reaction, said Mohammed. He also contrasted the speed of the arrests in the, Venet in the Vicinius case with his own ill-fated attempts to report racist behavior he has suffered. While the media was guilty of double standards by focusing on the plight of one footballer and ignoring the daily lived experiences of so many other victims of racism in Spain, he added, its, hypocr its hypocrisy was nothing new and was indicative of a wider and far more deeply ingrained prejudice. We saw the huge scale of the institutional racism with the war in Ukraine when the Ukrainian refugees came to Spain and to other European countries, he said. They brought in a law to give the Ukrainians their papers within 24 hours. When that happened, I'd been waiting two and a half years in Spain, waiting for my papers to come through. For all the column inches, the sound bites, and the pledges, Mohammed thinks Sunday's poisonous events in the Valencia Mastalia Stadium and the deeper wells of toxicity from which they sprang will soon fade from public discourse. I think this will be forgotten, he said, but the people who won't forget it are the people of color who suffer racism and report it every day. Another article found on the Guardian's website, it speaks to a coach's perspective on what happened that day. And when I say that day, I'm referring to Sunday. Uh, today's Wednesday, the 25th. So Sunday, May 21st, 2023 in Spain. This um, headline is Vinicius Jr. and why it's time to stop talking about the football. 
another grim episode in Spain unfolded on Sunday, but in confronting this, there is hope it is now escapable. Mm-hmm. Let's see. On Sunday, for the first time in 1,285 games as a coach and 47 years in football, Carlo Ansoletti refused to talk about the game. He had just seen Real Madrid lose 1-0 against Valencia, but standing in the cramped, narrow tunnel that leads to the Mestala dressing room, where he said his best player sat angry and sad, he didn't care about that and couldn't comprehend anyone else caring either. So, when the standard post-match interview began with the standard post-match question and inquiry as to his thoughts on another defeat, he decided that actually, no, this wasn't going to be standard anymore. Instead, he shot back, you want to talk about football? Or shall we talk about the other thing? That's more important than a loss, don't you think? Maybe this time, at last, some will begin to think so. If the Madrid manager didn't feel much like talking about football, it was because Vinicius Jr., the kid in his care, the 22-year-old winger who is probably the most electric, most exciting player in the Spanish league, a genuine superstar for a new generation, didn't feel much like playing it anymore. Why would he? Why should he? When, as he arrived at Mestala, a group of fans gathered outside had chanted, Vinicius, you're a monkey? When from the South Stand, he had been told the same. When he had been told that he was an idiot, an imbecile, when he had heard the oohs and ahs, he had had enough. There was a moment in the second half when cameras closed in on Vinicius's face, tears welling in his eyes. In its simplicity, its sadness, that may be the most powerful of many dreadful images from Sunday night, but the one that made the greatest impact. The one that started something, which gathered the kind of momentum that could yet mean something tangible, came when he literally made a stand, facing down the men who abused him. There were 20 minutes left when he pointed at a Valencia fan behind the goal saying, you, you, yes, you, telling teammates that man there had called him a monkey. He did this, Venetia said, imitating an ape gesture, hands tucked under his armpits. Alongside him, Lucas Vasquez confronted fans, shitty racists. The referee arrived on the pitch and police arrived in the stands. Ricardo de Burtos Bengotexia spoke to Vinicius, explaining the protocol and asking him to trust him. First, an announcement is made over the loudspeaker, and then he told Vinicius, if it happens a second time, we leave. Thibault Courtois told him it had happened in the first half too, and Vinicius was ready to go already. The PA announcement warning the game could be suspended was met with whistles. Ancelotti, who has been through this before with Kalidou Koulibaly in Italy, spoke to the official and his player. He didn't want to continue, he said, but I told him it didn't seem fair that he is the one that has to stop playing because it's not his fault. I told him, you're not the guilty party. You're the victim. There was something in that message reminiscent of the awful sight of Mukhtar Diakbi, 
the victim of racist abuse sitting in the stands watching his alleged abuser play on two years ago. Ancelotti embraced Vinicius, then kissed him, supporting him and going on. Maybe they could have walked. Maybe next time they will. Had he wanted to, we would have gone with him, Courtois said. But this time he continued until the last minute of a game that overran by more than 10 minutes. When he was sent off for thrusting an arm into the face of Hugo Duro, who, in the middle of a melee, had him around the neck. As he went, he gestured to the Valencia fans that they were going down. The card made no sense, Ancelotti said afterwards, even if, strictly speaking, it was deserved. It served to deepen a sense that somehow everything was upside down. As for the gesture, that was natural given everything he had been subjected to, Ancelotti said, not just here, but in those other grounds too. On social media, Vinicius made the point this was not the first time and not the second or the third either. There have been nine formal complaints made about abuse he has suffered this season and described racism as normal, encouraged even. He adopted the league's slogan to insist that this is not football, it's La Liga. Nothing, he said, gets done, nothing happens. The competition that once belonged to Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Messi, and Cristiano now belongs to the racists, he said. Brazilians see Spain as a racist country that had left him defenseless. A subsequent post from his representatives likened him to George Floyd. If a stadium insults a player racially, the game has to stop. And I would say the same if we were winning 3-0, to Ancelotti said. Stop the game. There is no other way. The referee says that the fans have to be informed first, and if it continues, then we stop the game. But for me, he doesn't need to inform them. I am curious to see what happens now. The last line was pointed, so he was asked what he thought would happen. Nothing, he said, because it has happened lots of times and nothing happens. That suspicion was only deepened when Javier Tebas, the president of the league, went on Twitter and accused Vinicius of failing to understand whose responsibility it is to deal with racism and not showing up when they arranged meetings to explain the process to him, accusing him of insulting the country and the competition and suggesting he had allowed himself to be manipulated. There may have been a point in there somewhere. The league and the clubs are acting with greater determination with observers at every game. The nine complaints of abuse directed at Vinicius were investigated and brought by the league and handed to the authorities, while protocols and punishments do not depend solely on them. When the league filed a complaint about the racist abuse sung before the Madrid Derby in September, it was state prosecutors that failed to proceed. The Espanol fans they denounced to the authorities for abusing Iñaki Williams are due in court. And yet immediately after the abuse on Sunday, the tweet was alarmingly tone-deaf and the feeling that nothing is done naturally hangs heavy. There is something depressingly inevitable about it all and no escaping that the only time a game has been abandoned in Spain was when Rayo Vallecano fans accused striker Roman Zozulia of being a Nazi. Once again, instead of criticizing racists, the president of the league appears on social media to attack me, Vinicius replied. 
Much as you talk and pretend not to read, the image of your league is damaged. Look at the responses to your posts and you'll be surprised. By omission, you place yourself on the same level as racists. I want action and punishment. Hashtags don't move me. He, though, was moving something. No one else. Him, by confronting his abuse, abusers and those he sees as their enablers, by making the stand himself, by speaking out, by refusing to back down, by fighting, something started. And although Ancelotti was challenged on his initial claim that the whole stadium had racially abused Venetius, this is not one person going mad. It is a ground. When the chance he referred to had called the Brazilian tonto, stupid, not mono, monkey, there could be little doubt about the coach's insistence that the league has a problem. That realization may end in nothing tangible and there is impotence in lamenting another episode just to watch it happen again. There are still too many of those that chose sides by team, although they are fewer now, at least publicly. There are still those that insist on the buts, even as Ancelotti insisted, there are no buts. Those that accuse Venetius of being provocative, as if somehow that makes it okay. He is the only one who gets the abuse, some say, as if that does too. As if that even means anything. As if that limits the impact to him alone when it is the opposite. Others talk about this as just a way of putting off a brilliant player as if that was a legitimate weapon. But the hope, which may be hopelessly optimistic, is that it is inescapable now. They were being confronted with it. There were messages of condemnation for the competition and support for Venetia's, a media taking this on more before, a sense that it does matter, protocols and assumptions challenged. It came not just from Spain, but everywhere. A mirror held up, accusations obliging action. There were statements from the Brazilian Football Federation and the Brazilian president, Luiz Inácio Lula de Silva, from other clubs and players, including including Valencia's Diacabi. Another investigation was announced. Valencia vowed to ban the fans identified for life. The Brazilian foreign minister called the Spanish ambassador. The fight is taken to them. Demands made. Threats hanging over them. Above all, by him. He's sad and he's angry, but sad most of all, said Ancelotti, but he isn't stopping. I will go up against the racists until the very end, Vinicius Jr. said, even if, even if it's far from here. And if players such as him go, who is going to want to talk about the football then? Huh?